Hi, I'm Matt Falk, coming at you from Hottie Da Studio. Welcome to Past, Present, Future, the only podcast in the universe that dares to appease the ghosts of comedy past, comedy present, and comedy yet to come. My guest today is a stand-up comedian who exploded onto the comedy scene and has never looked back. After graduating from Second City Stand-Up Course, she went on to compete in a number of comedy competitions. She was a semi-finalist at Funny Women in the UK and a two-time semi-finalist in the Prove You're a Comic competition at Absolute Comedy. She was a finalist in the Toronto Comedy Brawl, the Rising Stars competition at the Brantford Comedy Festival, and was the two-time tournament champion at the Flat Tire Comedy in Toronto. She's performed at comedy festivals across the country, including Toronto's SheDot Festival, the Kingston Comedy Festival, the Halifax Comedy Festival, and the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. She's been featured on CBC's Laugh Out Loud and is a regular on CBC's Because News. In 2020, her first comedy album, Magically Malicious, recorded at the John Candy Theatre in Toronto, debuted at number one on the iTunes comedy charts and is currently being played on SiriusXM on four different channels, a feat that is rare in the comedy world, I might just add. She's a fan favorite at Yuck Yucks and tours with them regularly and has worked with the likes of Jerry D and Tom Green. And she even had her photo taken with Adam Sandler once, originally from Dublin, Ireland, and now, lucky for us, living and performing here in Canada. Please welcome Fiona O'Brien. Hi, Fiona. Oh my God, Matt, you've impressed me. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good career so far, huh? Oh, yeah, I kind of need to stop and smell the roses, you know? Yeah, that's a big thing. It's so hard to, like, enjoy it when you're in the midst of it because you always just feel like, well, there's something else I could be doing, surely. Oh, absolutely. It's always, what's the next thing? That was great. What's the next thing? What's the yeah. next thing? Yeah, that's it. That's it. And I found, I heard too, I can't remember where I heard this, but I heard that that never really goes away, especially the comparison to other comedians, oh well, they've done yeah. this, and I, yeah. or you know, like oh, they got uh, they got a, a small part in a movie, uh, and I always got a small part in a TV show, and it's like no matter how high you rank in your comedy career, there's always going to be someone doing something more. There's always going to be something that you're kind of pushing towards, but it's good to stop. But that's good, isn't that good? Because it keeps driving you forward. I don't know. You do you think it's good? I feel like I feel like a com- comparison can be really tricky, and I've heard that comparison is the thief of joy, but. Oh. I understand that motive it motivates you as well. Yeah, I I find it motivating. Like mm. it's nearly kind of out of spite that I'm like, right, I need to keep going. <laughs> it is a, so spite is a driving factor. You're saying? Oh yeah, oh big big time for me. <laughs> when you when you get to my age, spite drives you forward all the time. You know what's crazy is that you're not the first comedian <laughs> on this podcast to say that spite is a driving factor in their career. <laughs> I always like to give people a little idea of uh, where we first met each other. And the truth is, we hadn't worked together until very, very recently. We did a show for the Winnipeg Comedy Festival at Casino Regina. Yes, that is where we met. That was the first time. And that was such a great show. You did did amazing. So did you. And you never stopped talking from the minute I met you. And I was like, (laughs) I like this guy. (laughs) <laughs> that's why I need to have a podcast. But so, so tell me what's, what's the, what's the big thing that's, uh, that's on the horizon for you right now? Oh, the bit, I'm actually just got off the phone with, um, my, uh, yuck yucks with, uh, one of the agents there booking me for some weekends, which nice. I'm really looking forward to. 
in Burlington and in Niagara. And um, I've just moved into a new house in a new area. And of course, the women nice. on the street found out that I do comedy. And now they're all, there's messages going around the whole cul-de-sac. We have to go see her. We have to go see her. Dude. And I'm like, oh my God. I... Um, when when your neighbors find out you do comedy, it's a weird thing. I was running off to do shows for the Winnipeg Comedy Festival one weekend, and my neighbor stopped me and he was chatting. And I said, "Sorry, I got to get to work. I'm, I'm going to a gig." And he went, "Oh, you're in a band?" And I thought that was the most flattering thing anyone's ever said to me, yeah. because I was like, "A band? You think I'm cool enough to be in a band? That's phenomenal." No, I'm sorry, I'm a comedian. Well, that's cool as well. At this street, I mean, I've, I just arrived here last week and uh, the woman literally I can see into her house across the road and she can see into mine. Her sister has seen me perform before. Nice. And so this girl is originally they're from Belfast in Ireland. And she said to her sister, oh, we have a new neighbor called Fiona. And her sister said, does she have blonde hair? Is she from Ireland? Yeah. Is she a stand up comedian? And the girl across there was like I don't know and then her sister sent her a photo oh my god that's her so next thing I had all these people starting to follow me on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook it was all the new neighbors I hadn't even met them yet well that's that's proper famous I think I think that's like <laughs> I don't think so. no I don't know because you didn't even have to say anything I have to drop hints in my town you know what I mean I have to walk around with the lanyards from different festivals I've been on oh am I still wearing this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the difference with me is they'll hear me before they see me, and they're gonna they're gonna notice the Irish accent and go, "Who has moved in?" Irish accent. That's what that is. Okay, let me write that down. I did notice a little something. <laughs> There's a little twang there. That's what, what it I, was. What was your original thing you asked me? This I'll do this a lot. I have no idea. Oh, what I, the big thing I have coming up? Do you know what I have coming up that I'm excited yeah. about? I'm doing this tour up. It's called the. Um, Northern Canadian Arctic Festival, com comedy festival. Okay. And I'm, I'm going up to Yellowknife yeah. and Whitehorse and yes. Akalawit. And I've never been to any of these places and I'm fascinated by them and I can't wait to see them. And that's that's very exciting. That's coming up in October. Two of those I've never done, I, but I, I have, I've done Whitehorse a couple of times and man, they've got, they've got all the nature up there. It's I'm dying to see it. It's absolutely gorgeous. And I mean, I could talk to you about uh, about this for a while, but um, I don't know if you just heard that, but I think we're about to get uh, our first visitation here, Fiona. So okay. brace yourself. Okay. I am the ghost of comedy past. Today I take you to your first stand-up show in Canada. Oh, that's it. Okay. So... They, the ghosts obviously heard that you were from Ireland. Did you did you do stand-up in Ireland? I used to write for a friend of mine that was doing stand-up, but I was constantly pregnant, being a good Catholic, and so I was <laughs> never getting on stage. Right. Um, but I wrote for him, but my first time to ever do comedy was on stage in Canada. So it was. And tell me, tell me what that was like. Paint the scene. Oh, Lord. So I, had, I was still doing the course in Second City. And okay. someone said, you need to get out and start doing open mics as well. Yeah. Just get some experience. And so this is nine years ago, eight or nine years ago. Sure. Um, and so I literally went, of course, Facebook at the time. Yeah. And I looked up open mics, Toronto. And I literally alphabetically was going, trying to find something. And I found, and obviously began with A, I can't remember the name, but, but it was in <laughs> the Imperial Pub in uh, downtown Toronto. 
Okay. And Ernie Vincente was running it. And it was um, supposed to be about wrestling or something. I didn't know that. And I signed up. The theme of the show was wrestling? I I think the name of it was something to do with wrestling. I can't even remember. Anyway, that was was my first one. And I arrived in and I had two friends come with me. Because, you know, at the beginning, friends come with you. Yes, (laughs) they have to. Otherwise, you can't get on stage. Exactly. So I had two friends come. And of course... Irish friends so they're buying loads of drinks and the producer's like great (laughs) this is wonderful Fiona's a moneymaker yeah exactly and so I did a show and there was about maybe 10 people there in a back room of a pub and I would say six of them were other comics Yes, but you've been but you've been writing before this so this isn't like like writing jokes is not new, but performing is. How did the show go? Do you remember the material you did? I do. I I did immediately addressing that I was Irish and that I had an Irish accent. And uh, I did that. And it actually went okay. But the funny part of it is, I I did like five minutes, you know yourself, you get five minutes. And I got off stage and Ernie came over to me and he was like, how long have you been doing this? And I was like, "Eh, four weeks. And he's like, what? And And he was like, oh my god I can't believe you're you're so new I was like yeah well I you know I'm Irish and I talk a lot and so me getting up there with an accent and talking a lot broke a lot of boundaries and people were listening so I think that really really helped um but as I went to leave a guy came running out to me and he gave me his business card and his name is Andy Froome and he's a friend of mine okay and a guy coming up to me handing me his business card I was like oh my god Oh my God, I've done my first five minutes and I'm making it. I don't believe this. Right? And he gave me, like, anybody can make a business card, okay? So, but you do have to go to a printer still. That's a thing. Well, you see, I kind of thought that was very impressive. In yeah. Ireland, people wouldn't come along and hand you business cards. Anyway, Andy was running and producing a show in on Church Street. All I saw was Andy Fruman, producer, on this business card. Oh, yeah. Now, Right? Come on. My first ever set. And a producer walks right up to you. With a business card. I was (laughs) blown away. I literally went home on the train with my two friends. Now, they were, you know, fairly drunk at that stage. You would swear Lorne Michaels had just signed me for SNL. That, that is the vibe I had. <laughs> but that's the thing is that in the beginning, those things are so exciting and they're yeah. wonderful. And you know what? The truth is. They are. They are. They're not. It doesn't just feel exciting. They are exciting because it led to another gig. But like now, you like you've been doing it like what ten years or so, almost ten years, and and I, like I, I've been doing it. Uh, I think it's like fifteen years now. Yes. When someone comes up to us now, now <laughs> hands us a business card and says, "Oh, you're going to be huge. I want to do something with you, and we're going to blah blah blah." I don't even believe them anymore. I'm I like, know. "Yeah, we'll see. We'll see when it happens." Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. But the the jadedness isn't there in the beginning and that's a wonderful time oh yeah I was so optimistic I literally sprung out of bed the next morning going this is it I've made it (laughs) but you did have a pretty you did have a pretty quick rise I mean been doing it you said eight eight to nine years ago that was your first stand-up set like the the amount the 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 sheer list of credits that you've accumulated over those eight nine years that is very impressive and I think it speaks a little bit to the fact that you were writing before you started performing so you did have a little bit of experience with joke writing yes probably and and also I started when I was older like I was thirty interesting thirty nine yeah so 
when you're that age and and you uh, you know yourself you've had kids you've had kids I've been married I'm divorced I had a lot of stories to tell so yeah. I had a lot of life experience so I think mm. that really helped and also I know I know the accent is a big novelty so if I get up <laughs> on stage there's a lot of things I can say and people are like the the accent will just make them laugh you and- know and it's it's really nice to have something in the beginning because I yeah. when I started I was a teenager so that was the novelty. You said you were thirty nine, so that was yeah. that was the advantage for you. And yeah. I was talking about being a Mennonite. That was yes. my thing. And you're yeah. talking about being Irish. So in a lot of ways, Fiona, we we're the had same person, exactly the same person, <laughs> just from two different sides of the world. That's all that's happened here. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, oh, I wanted to ask you another question, but I don't know if you can hear those bells, but uh, we're about to get interrupted one more time. Oh, my God. Okay. I am the ghost of comedy present. Answer this. Which working comedian do you most look up to? Ooh. That's a big one. That's that a big one. We're not talking. A, we're not talking about here because I got the notes from the ghosts. We're not talking about um, uh, like someone big. You can't say someone like Chris Rock or Nate Bargatze or, but you got to, who, who's working in, uh-huh. like in and around your circle. They can be in a class or two above you. That's totally fine. Yeah. But I'm talking about a comic, comic that's uh, still moving their way around the industry. Well, one that's already broke it. Sure. That's Steph Toloff. But she's gone to LA and she's made it and Bill Burr has discovered yeah. her and she's now all over America and doing amazing. But she started in the Toronto scene and, and I've always enjoyed her comedy. So what was it about Steph's comedy that you enjoyed? Just pure energy and rawness and she'd be on stage and she didn't care. She just was in the moment, every single stage performance, loads of energy. And it was like, it's her life's mission to make sure everybody in that audience laughed. You could feel that from her. Wow. Did you, did you kind of like take some of that on? Did that, did that inspire you to do your act differently? Well, she inspired me to be freer on stage. Mm. I just kind of looked at her and I went, okay, this is amazing. She is really pushing boundaries. So so I kind of can see where the boundaries are at these shows. Interesting. That kind of thing. And I was like, okay, so I can play within that. Um, but she was fantastic. Another person who I adore is uh, Deborah DiGiovanni. Yeah. Just hilarious and just yeah. so real and authentic and amazing. But uh, yeah, so, so those two. Um, I tell you a comic who I love and maybe he's a class he's definitely he's been doing it longer than me uh, Nick Reynoldson Nick Reynoldson just makes me laugh all the time every time I see him so I hate to do this to you but I'm yeah. getting a nudge here by the ghost of comedy uh, present that he he wants one name he wants one, one. you got to pick Steph Deb or Nick I'm so sorry I'm so sorry oh, okay well listen I'm gonna go with Steph wow Okay, we did she, it. she makes me want to do it more. That's that's so interesting. She makes you want to do it more. Yeah. Because there are, and I don't know if you can think about names when I say this, but there are comedians that when you see them, you go, do I even want to be in this anymore? Mm. 
like you're so you're so sad doing comedy. You clearly <laughs> hate this, and you just they just drain the life out of you. The shows yeah. just kind of go down a little bit, and they're usually the like the big ones. There are other yeah. people that have never cracked, like they're right at the bottom and they just never have gone, or they're like headliners that have been doing this so long and they just clearly hate it. Yes. But to to watch someone who says who you watch and say. I want to do this more now because of you. That's special. Yeah, yeah it is. I've, I've never even told her that. I've only met her a couple of times because as I was coming up in the Toronto scene, she was heading off to America. Mm. Um, but, I, you know, we've been in a few green rooms together. We've done over the pandemic, a lot of Zoom shows. Uh, and I just watch her and I go, she makes me laugh. She's so original. And then I go, oh, this, you know, somebody who gets your blood pumping of, yeah, I, yeah. I want, I want more of this. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That like early inspiration kind yeah. of stuff. And that's that's so important in comedy because there's so much rejection and yeah. there is like we talked about earlier, it is so easy to get jaded. To so to have these people come along throughout your career that give you that little spark of go, right, that's why I wanted to do this because yeah. this is awesome. This is yeah, and, so cool. And I can see how well she's doing now. And that was yeah. from pure consistency and commitment and energy and she worked so hard. Yeah. That's really great. And I don't want to freak you out or anything here. Uh-oh. But it's the final visitation. Okay. And uh, this one can get a little bit uh, intimidating. So just okay. brace yourself. <laughs> I am the ghost of comedy yet to come. What would change if you became a household name tomorrow? Oh. We've never had that question before. What would change, Fiona, if tomorrow you became a household name? We're not talking like big in Canada. We're talking like everybody knows who you are. What would you do differently? What would change? What would I do differently? I tell you what would change immediately would be my bank account. Yes, that would be very helpful. (laughs) Yeah, Rent would be paid early. Rent paid early? Yes. Are you even allowed to do that? I'm going to do it. Um, yeah. What would change? Yeah, I think I, I think I would lose the anxiousness I have over what's next, what's next, and just wow. enjoy the ride. Even though I do enjoy it, that, that anxious of what's coming, like we know a couple of months in advance what we've got coming up. Yeah. But to know, if you were a household name and you could kind of take your foot up, not take your foot up the gas work-wise, energy-wise, yeah, yeah. but out of trying to prove yourself, you're like, yeah. okay, I've got myself to this level. You know I can do it. Now let me at it. Yes. That would change. Yeah, because that is such a big thing is going, all right, well, I know I'll be fine, like you said, for two months. But after yeah. that, it's just... It's, there's just darkness and a void. And I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to have to get a day job or two day jobs or three, yes. but you don't know what's coming. And being a household name does take some of that pressure off. What about, what about like projects? What would, what yeah. kind of projects would you do? You've already released two comedy albums. Yes. Well, one EP and an album. I have, um, and I'm actually just started writing um, a pilot of a sitcom with my friend Leonard Chan. Yes. And so I would love to develop that and keep going with that as well. Would you be in the sitcom? I'm, do you know what? And this comes from Jerry D 
doing shows with him. He's like, you've got to write a sitcom. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I do want to. And he's like, do it, just do it. And he was like, I've done it. You need to do it. Every one of your uh, jokes on stage, that's an episode. Just sit down and do it. I was like, and for him to say that to me, I was like, I have to do this. Yeah. I have to do this. So, so that's where I was. Uh, yeah, that's where I want to go. And yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll vouch for Jerry as well because when I met you that one time and I heard you talk about your life and I said to you, I didn't know if that I was not the first person by a long shot to tell you this, but I, I remember I said to you, I'm like, have you, have you thought about putting your, putting this down on paper and like writing. doing yeah. a show and writing and, and you were like, oh yeah, people have told me this before. And it's like, of course they have because, uh, you know, we, we might not have a lot of time to get into it now, but your story is just so fascinating and you have such a talent for Aww. making it funny and making it interesting so a hundred percent i agree that uh but that's something that you can you're doing now whether or not you're a household name which is really cool but it would be a lot easier to get it greenlit if you were a household name well i'm hoping i can do this and then it might make me a household name this this is good i have this to I think like. you know, i ha i'm starting this whole thing of manifesting i've never manifested in my life it's not an <laughs> irish catholic thing to do but explain watched, manifesting to the folks that aren't that aren't familiar yeah so i've watched so much tiktok and people are like you need to put out into the world the energy you want to get back and so the thing that i say i have a few of them now and, and the kids are sick of hearing me say this <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, I do not chase, I receive. What's meant for me will simply find me. So Whoa. there's that one. And then the other one is universe, show me how good it's going to get. Mm. I do not chase, I receive. Yes. Yeah. And there's, there's such a balance to that, right? Because I've found personally that when I start pushing a little bit too hard and trying to control it a little bit too much, it slips away. Sometimes when, I, when yeah. I go, when you go too hard and you try to like finagle every little piece and put it into, yeah. it just kind of like, it starts drifting. But then, yeah, when you kind of like are consistent and you're doing the work, but mm -hmm. you're not obsessing, you're just kind of like, you're doing it and you're, you're following your path and you're running your own race. Yeah. These things they do, they tend to come to you because yes. the best creativity does not happen when you're stressed out about being creative. The best creativity comes when you were at peace and when you were like, or maybe not even at peace in your life, but you are free to be creative and free to yeah. write those jokes and free to like present them in the way that you feel is authentic. Yeah, that's exactly it. You you have to have that clear path. Um, and listen, life gets in the way for all of us. We all have families. We all have, everyone has different issues within their families and within themselves. And so to be creative and try and keep positive, it's a hard thing to do. But the part of the manifesting is going, well, what if it all works out? What, yeah. if, what if I, all of my hard work pays off and I need to be ready for that and put that out there? You know what? And that's such a interesting way to look at it too, because uh, as a person who has a lot of anxiety, I always think, what if everything goes terribly wrong? What if this decision is the decision that destroys me? Yeah. And a better way of looking at it is saying, yeah, but what if it's not? What if it goes right? What if it goes really, really good? Yeah. And that's the energy you have to put out into the world because you have to focus on the positive. Like for mm. me, I think also the age I started at comedy and I chose and I'm taking a gamble on myself and investing in myself. Um, after my divorce, it was a case of, right, I need to, 
work on this and I need to, you know, work hard at this because I am choosing this Mm. and I have three kids. So I feel like I've no other option and I am going hell for leather at this because this is what I want to do. I've no time to waste. Yeah. Because this is the best bet is putting the investment in ourselves. Yeah. And and sometimes it's hard because I I would have anxiety sometimes too. And and you have to remind yourself, you have to, for all the no's you get, it's those one or two yeses or those one or two incredible nights on stage that Mm. keep the fire burning within your belly. And you're like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. And also the, a good thing for, for comics that are listening, young, younger comics that are are working their way up, the, we tend to focus on the negative shows and the rejections, but that, that one, that one yes is all you need to get to that next step. You didn't need all those other yeses of those people that said, no, you don't, you didn't need any of that. You just needed this. Yes. So yeah, you got 14 no's and now wait. And when you get that one, yes, those 14 no's will mean nothing anymore. Yeah. You won't even remember them. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so Fiona, this has just been just a treat, but you know, as well as I do that you were not brought to these three locations, past, present, future for nothing. The ghosts had a plan. All right. So you Mm -hmm. were brought back to recap into the past at your first ever stand-up comedy show in Canada in that uh, small bar eight or nine years ago, 10 people, you did five minutes and you got that business card. You got that business card. And then in the present, you talked about Steph uh, inspiring you to keep going. And then uh, in uh, the ghost of the comedy yet to come, what would you do differently? Well, you would take some of that uh, anxiety away. You'd uh, stop uh, stop uh, trying to prove yourself all the time and you'd lean into these dreams that you have. Wh- yes. why, why did the ghost bring you here? What did you learn? How are you forever changed, Fiona? Well, normally I don't like talking to ghosts, but these have been very good for my career, I think. Good, good. <laughs> but putting good. things into perspective. Um, yeah, do you know what? It, it's making me learn even through my own words and how you've asked me questions and how they have asked me questions to keep pushing forward, keep being as good as you possibly can be and keep going. Fiona, not even kidding you. I wrote down two words and that was looking forward. Yes. That was, that's exactly what I got as well. Listening to you talk like that very first time on stage, the thing that pushed you was that card. Yes. What's that? What's the next show? What, what could happen next? And then Steph inspiring you to like, keep going. I want to keep going. I want to move forward and keep doing this. And in the future, you talk about this sitcom. You talk about the, the future. You're always looking forward. And I think that's so huge. Not getting stuck in the rearview yes. mirror of what could have been, what did happen, the failures, the missteps, but instead saying, I'm here. I'm exactly who I am. And there is going to be a tomorrow. And that's what yeah. counts. Yeah. And because the thing is, that's where we're headed. We have to keep going forward. Whether we like it or not, tomorrow's going to come. Yeah, exactly. You can't stop tomorrow coming. That's great. Fiona, I've loved this. What, how do, how do people get a hold of you? How do they get, how do they stay in touch with you? They stay in touch. If you go to FionaO'BrienComedy.com and you can follow me on Instagram at RealFionaO and also threads. I only have two threads. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah, I only got two threads as well, but threads, that's the new one. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Threads, TikTok and Facebook, which people aren't using as much, but it's good for marketing. That's yeah, true. so 
But if you go to FionaO'BrienComedy.com, there's links to all of those. Wonderful. We will put a uh, link in our show notes to that website with all of those other links that you have as well. A big thank you to my guest, Fiona O'Brien. Thank you to the ghosts of comedy past, present, and future. And most of all, my wonderful supportive listeners, thank you to you. If you haven't done it already, would you please leave us a review? Subscribe to us. It really helps get this podcast out to more and more people. Hey, until next time, I'm Matt Falk. God bless us, everyone. (laughs) 